Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety, the entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain with the most unathletic man in Bill's Mafia, Vince Taylor. He was not invited to tight end university despite being completely unqualified. Bill's Mafia, what is going on? Thank you for tuning in to Buffalo on the Brain with Vince Taylor. I am your host, Vince Taylor, and I am back this week. Despite a rumor that you may have heard, a rumor that I probably started, I actually was not invited to participate in tight end university. And I don't understand why. I'm completely unqualified. Yes, I'm old. Yes, I'm overweight. Yes, any sort of athletic ability that I once had seems to have left me the moment I got married. But I got upside. Just think about the missed opportunity this was for Kittle and Kelsey to have Vince Taylor the prestige that comes along with that alone, running along the sidelines, getting water for everybody, I would not have even complained that much about the heat or that everyone's going too fast for me. Just, you drop the ball. Drop the ball. Anyway, enough goofing around. We got plenty of stuff to get to this week. We have a Josh Allen contract speculation. Uh, We also have Chris Sims. His comments about Josh Allen... This week were especially encouraging. Um, it's not often that I disagree with somebody because they're ranking Josh Allen too high, but it was nice to hear. I'm telling you, I really like hearing that. It's making me feel like Josh Allen is starting to get some degree of recognition around the country. It's, I mean, the amazing year he had last year, and still there's a lot of haters. But to hear the the way that Chris Sims breaks it down. Um, it was, it was just refreshing here. We will get to that in just a moment. The very first thing that I want to talk about this week is something that we all knew was coming for a while. Um, no, I don't think any of us really know when it's actually going to be official, but they're talking right now about Josh Allen's contract extension. For these type of matters, I always, I almost use spot track as a Bible because they're so close. They're always very close. Um, and they're projecting Josh Allen to have new money coming in an additional four years and $168 million uh, with an average salary of $42 million. We know that we have heard that Josh Allen is willing to take a team-friendly deal in order to keep the Bills competitive, which is music to all of our ears. What does that actually mean, though? How competitive? You know, there are those that think it's just going to be a longer stretch-out contract, meaning you have... Uh, kind of some dummy years tacked on the end, or maybe when you get to the end, the $42 million a year would not be necessarily as high um, as a percentage of the contract uh, for the salary cap as it would be today. So that would be saving money one way. I, I speculated earlier last fall what something like this might look up. And I'm just a dumb podcast host. I'm not plugged in. I don't know the financials as well as somebody like Mike Gennetti. But I can't all I can do is speculate. Josh Allen was widely regarded as one of the rawest prospects to come into the draft. He's had to prove doubters wrong basically every step of his career. And I feel like I can make a case for two different things. I can make a case that Josh Allen wants the respect that's gonna go along with what he's earned. Hey I'm a top quarterback. I don't want to be paid like one. That's not unusual. Now, we can talk about Tom Brady, and Tom Brady did have some team-friendly contracts where he would take a lower salary. I think towards the middle of his career, he started not even being a top 10 paid quarterback. He wanted to give some money back to the team to get some pieces around him. And I was hoping that Josh Allen was paying attention to that. Uh, There were a couple years, I believe, that he had like a $9 million salary. Of course, that's not counting any of his bonuses or anything like that. But he was giving money back giving that percentage of money back now, as opposed to 10 years ago, 
Whew, that's a lot of money to give back, and I don't know that uh, Josh is going to be that generous. I know he loves Buffalo, the charities, everything. We, we just have embraced him, and we've all kind of wanted this guy for so long, and he's feeling the love from the community so much. He's going to be here. But being a smart businessman, you, you got to make some decisions somewhere. He's not been paid yet. He has a first-round rookie contract, but he's not had that big contract yet. So if I'm thinking that Josh Allen's going to start giving him some money back, I feel like that's probably going to be towards the latter half of this contract if it gets renegotiated or even in the second contract. I still think he's going to get tried to paid, try to get paid right now. Um, you know, spot track saying 42 million if Josh is going to give any sort of cap friendly team friendly deal. What does that look like? Does that mean 38 million for an average salary? I have a hard time believing he's going to 30, but is 35 out of reach? I don't know. Um, you know, in $7 million, especially right now, because we're still trying to recover from the COVID cap, is it, it can make or break, um, you know, kind of getting that one key free agent here. Would we like to have, I'm going to say Steven Nelson, but insert your free agent here, maybe J.J. Watt, whatever, without having to restructure and find money somewhere else in the cap? Absolutely. And that is how you do it. Um, you know, he's on his rookie contract window, but he's not really for much longer. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing all this money is going to be put and renegotiated at the end of his rookie deal. And so he's not really getting any money up front for the next several seasons. That's what I think. Um, but Josh is going to be here. We all know that. But what it looks like, that's the key. Now, the other way I can see this going is based on nothing but Josh's personality. And I do think he has a strong desire to win. Remember, he went to a shitty school and a shitty conference and really didn't have any big games. And now he's bringing the Buffalo Bills back to relevancy. I can actually see a path where Josh is going to take significantly less money. He's going to be rich no matter what. Maybe more guaranteed money. Um, and less salary cap hit type of things um, just to stay here and be competitive. And I don't know what that percentage looks like. As I said, that's a lot. That's a lot. But I don't think it's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. Um, but if I'm if I'm guessing, I think he's wanted his first contract. He's going to try to get paid. And then maybe the Brady way, uh, when you start getting into your second, third, fourth contracts, then you start giving some money back. The next thing I want to get to is the Chris Sims comments. Oh boy, how I love these Chris Sims comments. Chris Sims ranked Josh Allen, the second best quarterback in the NFL, ahead of Aaron Rodgers. That's a spicy take. I mean, Josh Allen, uh, for my money, yes, is without a doubt one of the two best quarterbacks in the game right now. Oh boy, do I love to hear that. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, and I'm not making any friends here by saying that, but... Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. If you're asking me which quarterback do I want to take to start a franchise, yeah, I'll go there. But for right now, in their careers, Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP. And uh, I can't, it's kind of like what most Bills fans feel about the Chiefs, right? We got to beat the best before we are the best. And uh, I love Josh, and I think he will get there. But right now, I still got to listen to the argument that Aaron Rodgers is better. But... Just for fun, just for shits and giggles, uh, I want to pull a couple pieces out of that conversation because I do love hearing it. I really do. It's so fun to my quarterback of the Buffalo Bills is getting national recognition like that. And, uh, man, it just feels so good. After all of the drought years where we would just kind of talk ourselves into hoping guys like Trent Edwards or Tyrod uh, would turn into something, we have that guy right now and he's getting national love. So I want to go ahead and play a couple quick snippets of that interview or that conversation that he had about Josh. Uh, I know you're going to like them because I, I love them. And then again, I'm not a stat guy and you look at the stats. It's, it's amazing. Uh, people got to stop being, Hey, it's 2021. Josh Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater. Everybody. He's here to stay. And listen to Chris Sims break down what Josh Allen does when there's a blitz. My very amateurish eyes would never have picked up on any of this. Um, 
I'm not even sure that it's really a thing, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to defer to Chris Sims and his knowledge here. Cause he's obviously much smarter than I am, but uh, just listen to this clip. It's, it's really amazing to hear this come from another former NFL quarterback. His skill set is unbelievable. You know, his first off beating the blitz, doing anything like that. Like Mike, he's, he's next level. Like here, Mike, he knows he's hot here. But he goes, ah, eh, wait, I can make this guy miss and get a bigger completion down the field. Screw the four-yard completion. I'm going to get a 20-yard completion. You know, here, manipulating the coverage, looking to the left, knowing he's got digs to the right, right? This is Rodgers-type stuff. He's really, really good at it. And then, boom, like an effortless, flat-footed 40-yard throw. Like, are you kidding me? Effortless, flat-footed 40-yard throw. Those of us that... Our Bills fans know that this is common for Josh Allen, but uh, to have, I mean, listen to the passion of his voice when he's talking about our guy, our Josh. Um, Man, that's so much fun. You know, is his decision-making and Zen master stuff of, of Aaron Rodgers quality yet? No, it's not, but it's not far behind. It's not far behind. He also goes on to say, and this isn't groundbreaking, that he's one of the top three rushing quarterbacks in the NFL right there with Kyler and Lamar. Uh, And that's not a hot take, but... Even for the gunslinger that he is, here's another stat for you. This is where nobody's had more rushing touchdowns since 2018 than Josh Allen. Anyway, last little clip. I really highly encourage you to go out and search that Pro Football Talk Chris Sims-Josh Allen discussion Uh, where he's defending his rankings of the quarterbacks. It is worth a listen. As I said, I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I'm still taking Aaron Rodgers, but, man, I really like to hear this stuff. I really like to hear it. Go search it out. Uh, And here's the last clip. You know, what the guys that are defending him think of him, where they just go, holy crap, when you turn on the film, it's just one phenomenal play after another, and I think he's got the respect of his peers and the coaches in the NFL right now. The last thing I wanted to talk about, the red helmets. Yes, I'm uh, a big fan of the red helmets. I'm a big fan of the 1992 helmet jersey combo. If we got red helmets full time, it would be the closest that we've had to that since way back in the day. But um, you know, I never really was a guy that cared about face mask color. I can't tell. I think maybe the white does pop a little bit more, but I'm not looking for that. Maybe when I'm watching TV, so I care less about the face mask color than I do about the color of the helmet. But uh, I'm also aware that apparently it is a little bit more difficult for the equipment guys to manage two sets of helmets and jerseys and cleats and pants and whatever. And I guess they're getting a little bit of pushback on that. Um, I say shut up and just do the red ones every day. And then nobody, everyone has to deal with it. That is Vince's solution to the problem. And um, if I were king, that's what I would do. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to go ahead and get started into the hot seat. This week, we have Michael Anderson back for the second time. It's always a good conversation with Mike because uh, I just like the level of detail that he can get into. And one of the Twitter operators here on the Bilton Buffalo Network, Eli, host of All Day Buffalo, right here on on this network, Saturdays. Uh, I like Eli, too. He's just always a very upbeat and positive guy. And he... I just enjoy speaking with him. So I'm happy to have him on the pod today. Hi, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode on the Built-In Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew. And I'm Justin. And we're the hosts of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. We like to consider ourselves average Joes by day, non-professional Buffalo Bills podcasters by night. Andrew and I live and breathe Buffalo Bills football and are here to give you our insights. So this includes year-round content covering the free agency, the draft, training camp, and much more. It's so easy to digest. It's like having a beer with the boys. Hot takes, gut feelings, and whatever other places we might end up. Tune into the Wandering Buffalo podcast for content year-round, because in football, there is no off-season. And you can find us anywhere on the internet, 
by searching The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. Go Go Bills. Bills! you all know that built in buffalo has new buffalo bills content every single day of the week yes seven days a week does anybody have any questions you in the back no i'm sorry i don't work here you'll have to ask the waitress anybody else questions about built in buffalo seven days a week buffalo bills content hey pay your bill and get the hell out of here and pick up your pants i see a crack all right i'm leaving built in buffalo seven days a week buffalo bills content bye Bill's Mafia joining me in the hot seat this week is Mike Anderson, a returning guest to the show. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's uh, the weather is awesome outside, and looks like it's going to be a good weekend. So happy about that. And Mike, I'm I want- and today's going to be a short day for me. So so that's always good. Well, you can't beat that. A short day on a Friday. That's that's always good. I I wanted to make sure I give you a chance to plug that Grow Buffalo that you always talk about. So do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, that we started uh, a little over a year ago during the pandemic. Uh, We're a nonprofit uh, business resource center. We do eight to 10 events per month, both in person and virtually. Uh, We connect with other nonprofits to do events and help raise money and and help them. Um, And we do a lot of other networking events as well um and now that you know weather's nice you know things are aren't, aren't as crazy with COVID and things are opening up uh we have our first in-person full networking events um this coming monday at the k house downtown buffalo um we have our summer bash in july for our one year anniversary celebration a bunch of great workshops for business owners um but we we have a lot going on and and you know growing quickly. So um, our membership for access to everything is only $120 for the full year, probably a quarter of the price of a chamber with uh, access to three to five times as much. So. Wow. Okay. I I was not aware of that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. You know the drill. I have 10 questions in front of me. You get to pick a number between one and 10. Which one would you like? Uh, Let's see. Let's go with eight. Okay. This is one where you're, I, I like this question because there's a lot of different answers on this one too. Uh, depending on who you talk to, they might see things differently, but the AFC contenders, how would you rank them? Oh, hmm. It's a good, it's tough. I think it flips all the time. Um, I mean, you have to put, I think you have to put Kansas city at the top for now. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love to put Buffalo there, but I think they have they have to get ahead of them. So KC, um, Buffalo, and I think it's tough with Indy because you don't know how how Wentz is going to be. If he's serviceable, they're probably third, um, and then Titans and Browns would be my would be my top five. Okay. 
Yeah. So there'll be two more uh, oh, to make the playoffs. Do you have two more that you want to add? So do you have two all more? Them? That's uh, such a crap. I honestly think that New England is going to make the playoffs. Really? Um, okay. I, I think, um, well, I think they did a terrible job in terms of the value they got in free agency and what they paid. They, they made some major, major upgrades. Um, and if they can keep Cam in the role of basically being a game manager and utilizing his, his running, they can be effective. And I think, uh, you know, I think Bill, Bill Chuck, I think it's a, well, we know he's probably the greatest coach of all time, or at least top two or three, but he got a bad rap last year. He had a terrible, terrible team. And um, he did with with what he had to do what what they did was pretty good, and they're they're way better this year, and they have some guys returning. Um, and let's see, last last, who would be last? Jeez, I don't think Miami's going to do as well as many people think. Um, that's a tough one for a last one. Raiders could surprise. I don't know. I'm not sure who to pick on the last one. I my default one for that spot is the Chargers right now. Yeah, yeah, Chargers Chargers could be a good one. It's uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how that all all shakes out. But yeah, Chargers could be a good one. I mean, in in short period of time, the QB showed he he could be a you know he could be potentially be a top five QB. Um, and I think they they lost a lot of close games, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, and they and they had a new coach. Uh, Anthony Lynn is out, and I forget the guy they brought in, but I I like the talent over there, and especially yeah. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, his arm is every bit as strong as Josh Allen's. He's not as mobile or athletic, but he can throw the ball just as hard. Yeah, I mean he's he's great. I mean he was he was amazing last he was amazing last year. So as long as he doesn't take a step back, I mean they they should be good. My Mine are not much different than yours. In fact, I think we have the same teams except New England. I, I, I don't, I'm not picking New England, but, um, and I'm not even completely sure I want to put Buffalo at two. And I know I don't make any friends saying that, but be, because I think the Browns improved more than the Bills did, they did play the Chiefs tougher than we did too. They have a better defense, at least last year they did. Uh, so I'm I'm a little hesitant to to put the Bills automatically at number two just because we were in the AFC Championship game. But I'm I'm not calling on the Bills to be bad by any means. I, I probably put them third. So you think um, you think Brown's second? Yeah. Yep. And, and that's not necessarily I don't want to say that's a glowing recommendation for Baker. I do think he's trending up. I think he's outside the top ten, you know, elite yeah. quarterbacks. But what's around him, I think he could be good. So uh, that's just my feeling on the Browns. And I, I think some people agree with that. And some people think I'm crazy, but, uh, that's kind of the way I see it. Indy, I'm just like you. I don't know how to feel about Carson Wentz. I don't like some of the stuff that I was hearing when he left Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but he's back with buddy Reich and maybe Zach Ertz, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, the Titans, you know, we hear a lot about how bad their defense is. I don't care as much about that. I think you can still be <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> I think you can still be a good team uh, without necessarily having a great defense. And, you know, not I'm not big on the Julio trade. I'm glad they did it. I think it was a good trade for them. I'm glad the Bills did not do it. You're taking on an older wide receiver uh, who's going to want a new contract. And historically, I mean, there's not been that many wide receivers that have put up elite numbers after the age of 32. Well, and I, and I, you know, when talking to, to Eli when I was on, on his podcast, you know, when you think about it, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely great to add him. But they also lost two guys, Corey Davis and Janu Smith. So, I mean, is adding Julio after losing those two going to all of a sudden turn them around? Um, you, you're maybe getting a little bit, you know, you take those two out, add him in. You're getting an upgrade, but how significant is that upgrade over those two combined? I I, I see your point. 
Um, I'm maybe not as high on John U. Smith as a lot of people were. I think he was probably a little bit overrated. Right, um, but he was he was a threat, and he was their probably third or fourth, and they don't really have a third receiver either. So the thing is, is if anything happens to either AJ or Julio, they're they're you know they can be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. Um, you know, I still think they're a playoff team. You know, oh, yeah, right. for sure. yeah, but I I don't think they're up near the top of the AFC, but they're still there. Um, New England, I, I think New England is one of those teams. I, I say this all the time. If you if New England played the Chiefs, I'm not surprised if New England beats the Chiefs. But I think at the end of the year, when you look at their body of work, they're going to be right around 500. Yeah. No, I mean, I could see that. And it's, you know, and one or two games could go, you know, a different way. And it could be, they, they could be a losing team too. It's, it's tough to say, it's tough to say with them, but they've definitely, uh, they've definitely upgraded. Um, even though I feel they could have done way more with the money that they had, they definitely, they definitely 100% upgraded because who they got, um, they got John, who is the other tight end they got? They got the two best tight ends on the market, right? Uh, Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um, I don't know. I just – and, man, the I don't know if you've seen the videos from practice with Cam throwing that football against him. Oh. Air. <laughs> He's rough. I mean, his his arm is done. Yeah. Instead of bouncing it in the turf, he's like over – I mean, if Josh Allen were to make that throw, we'd still be talking about it right now. You know, but because it's Cam, it's going to get slid under the rug a little bit. Yeah, his, his arm's done. I mean, he'll never be a great passer, but can he be a game manager and also utilize his legs? It's just, you know, at this point, it, you got to utilize his strengths and and I guess go, you know, go from there. I mean, obviously, I hope they do her- terrible. I, I, I despise the Patriots, so I hope they do terrible. I hope Belichick retires at the end of the year. Yeah, I – I don't think I, I'm no, with I, you. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't either. But uh, I, I was talking with Joe Marino a few weeks back, and he thinks that basically Belichick's going to hang around until he can get the all time wins mark. And in order to do that, he's got to have some, you know, eight, nine, 10 win seasons. If he starts having three, four, five wins, it's probably going to be tough for him. Yeah. So, you know, he could end up sticking around longer if he has bad seasons just to get, just to get over that hump and kind How of far off himself. is he from that? I don't know. I didn't look it up. I was just going by what Joe was telling me. But, uh, yeah, that's my seven. What else you got for me, Mike? Oh, man, what else do I have? I mean, it's it's a weird time of the off season where there's literally, like, nothing going on. I guess the only thing going on is uh, Cole Beasley, right? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> I Cole just needs to shut up. Yeah. I, and here's the thing. There's little nuances to this that I think people on Twitter don't necessarily pick up on or care to even pick up on. They just think my body, my choice. Well, it's not about the vaccine. No, he's not complaining about the vaccine. He, nobody's forcing him to get anything. He just doesn't want the vaccine, but also doesn't want to do the safety protocol for not getting the vaccine. Yeah. So, and, if, and if he doesn't want to do the vaccine, that, that's, you know, you know, I mentioned it. I, I'm at the point if you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. That's up to you. At, at this point, it is it is what it is. Um, but it's you know, it's it is, it's causing a disruption to the team. And now you have, you know, um, Jer- um, Jordan Poyer then now coming out. So when you have these players having to come out, try to defend and and now it's a focus of conversation within the team. It's a distraction. And if he's 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 threatening retiring, so he doesn't have to follow the protocols. So, and on my mind, he's just being extremely selfish. If you don't agree with it, with anything, there's always ways to go about it and try to make changes. Um, but one, he, all he needed to do was just say what he said and stop. And he yeah. just he kept going, and he you kept can't going. see me right now, but I'm nodding my head like viciously. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he just he kept going, and it's just he wanted to create a battle, and it's especially so it's it's not about freedom of speech, it's not about 
you know, his, his, his beliefs, it's just the way he's going about it. And it's the way that, um, as long as it stops now, it's pro it's probably fine. But if it's something that keeps going, it's it's a distraction leading into the season. Yeah. And then you can create also within the team, and maybe this is just overthinking it, but you can create divisive, divisiveness within the team because there probably are some people on the team that want to be, or maybe even have said to him, shut up. You know, do what you need to do. You have, you know, you have your beliefs you don't agree with it, you know, there's different ways to go about it with the league and other players that are on his side and, and his belief and whatever the protocols are. So hopefully it's done um, because it would just be ridiculous for that to be. Uh, and I think the one thing is that the, the Bills and, and, uh, and McDermott and management, they've created a great culture. So that's one this, thing that makes this me is good. kind of, start stirring that up a little bit right that's kind of yeah. what you're saying is you're creating like distractions for the team but he says did we vote on this well his issues with the nfl players association but he chooses to take it to twitter knowing full well what it's going to do because he did it earlier this year he could have decided to have a conversation with his union rep he could and instead and he says did we vote on this well i don't know did tommy sweetie get a vote on it did uh, Star Latule, did Trey White get a vote on it? Like these are all people that were concerned about the virus. And on the flip side of that, if the players' association was not doing anything to protect his players, they're kind of liable there too. Yeah, right. They could be opened up. So he could have. There's just so much better ways he could have handled that. And to your point, he just took it to Twitter and he made a big deal out of it. And it is a distraction now. And I'm with you. I hope he shuts up and catches footballs. And I think it will be fine. And that's what I mean. Like the culture is built. So I think the coaches and management know how to handle the players and they have good, you know, they seem to have a good trust and relationship and the players seem to have that. So I don't think that it will be an issue. Um, like it shouldn't be, it should just, it should, it should end up being completely fine. Um, but also at the same time, there's, there's not much else to talk about right now. It's, it's, it's basically regurgitation of, of, of everything that's been talked about over the last three, four months with football and the bills. There's nothing, there's nothing new. So that is one easy, that is the easy thing to focus on. Yeah, unfortunately you're right. <laughs> and uh, from what I understand, there's another gag order on the practices. So they can't tell you who's lining up with ones and they can't tell you who's yeah. lining up with twos, that kind of thing. So even the, like the things that we're super interested in, we just, kind of have to make do with whatever we hear and kind of to try to decipher on our own. But uh, yeah, it's a slow party. That's for sure. Yeah. I guess another thing is, um, you know, one of the questions, Mark, are the running backs, like, how is that going to shake out? Um, that's an interesting question. And I, I mean, I don't, nobody knows the answer right now. Everyone has their feelings, but um, we want to all fall in love with Matt Breda. And I don't think it's an out, I don't think it's an outside shot that he makes the, the roster. I think he's got a decent chance. Um, but it, it, maybe he takes a TJ Yeldon role, you know, um, we spent third round picks on Moss and Singletary. And by the way, Singletary was awesome in 2019 and everyone wants yeah. to write him off. So I, I, I don't know. It, I feel like it could be like the Bill Belichick backfield where just pick somebody this week and we'll go with him. You know what I mean? It could be. Yeah. I mean, it could be running back by committee and, and situation and it, it could work well because they, they're all different backs. I mean, Brita has the speed, um, you know, Singletary has the quickness, Moss has the power. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting, but I, I think we're fine. Like I, it's like an area of concern, but one, it's not a big focal point for the bills. Um, but two, they've, they've actually all three of them have shown the potential to do, you know, the big thing will be consistency. I mean, just, I, I think it was the KC game might've been, I think it was the KC game, which was a really big turning point where just that, that I can't remember if it was a screen pass, um, but um, Singletary dropped that, that bit, that, that pass mm -hmm. that could have been a, a first down. So like things like that. And he he actually dropped a lot of short passes. So like those little things, 
for for those two young guys are really what's I think going to make the difference in terms of skill. I think they in in Moss is a year older. I think they they have the skill to to, to do what we need them to do and even even excel. It will be I think the the consistency in in and and then also coming up big. Yeah, the offensive line's the bigger question for me than the running backs. Yeah, uh, and, and and I know there's people out there who like to say, well, the projected starting five didn't get any games with each other last year. And my kind of thought to that is, okay, that matters, but to what degree? And also, it's not like we're loaded with talent there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with the line. I mean, I think you almost just expect that they take a jump. Because if they, I mean that if they don't, then, then they're in trouble. They're not a championship team. Yeah. Well, I mean, we keep saying it, we got to beat KC before we can worry about yeah. being the best. And the, I mean, they're not going to roll over for us. We were, I was a little bit concerned about their offensive line for a minute. And then it seems like, boom, it's already put back together and maybe even better than it was last year. Um, so we got our work cut out for us. And, you know, I keep saying I I've been the biggest supporter of Steven Nelson. Get me some athletic cornerbacks in here. I don't want Tyree kill to run down the field and that's not be able to, to keep up with him. Uh, but we didn't do that. We're still going I, I, with the same corners. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's, I don't even think it's that. I think the way they, it's the way they utilize the linebackers and, and even the safeties, they should be dominant against tight ends the skill set with both the safeties and the linebackers should be able to crush tight ends and be able to also prevent those dominant receivers like a Tyreek Hill um, because the skill set is there, but I think the way they utilize them, but may, but hopefully star coming back and the line being better helps, helps with that. Yeah, and, and I get the the thought process and trying to pressure the quarterback more so you don't have as much time to run and get open, and that obviously is true. But it doesn't mean it had to be one or the other. <laughs> we couldn't have. Well, we're going to upgrade the pass rush, so we're not going to upgrade the corner. It did. You could have done both, is what I, it, I guess yeah, what I want to say. The corner, the corner is an interesting one, but I I think in the secondary and even with the linebackers and coverage, the skill set is there, and it's just. Yeah, it's just weird sometimes. I mean, they're they're just super heavy zone, and um, it's probably not enough man. And then you know, if the pass rush isn't there, zone zone will get crushed. Yeah, with so, any quarterback, it doesn't have yeah. to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you can. I mean, we give up a lot more passing yards this year than we did in 2019. That's for sure. And uh, maybe the difference is star. It feels a little simple for me just to say that as an out, as an excuse. It does feel a little simple, but maybe it's true. Well, and then you got the young guys that are a year older at Oliver. You hope takes a jump. AJ takes a jump. And actually, I almost I'm, I kind of wish they signed him for more years, but I, I can see um, Ify making a huge impact. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if you follow justice, but justice got blown up last week uh, because he was just kind of theorizing that Mario Addison would get caught, would get cut. And uh, a lot of folks jumped on him for that. And I'm, I'm like, I, I, I realize and Vernon Butler too. Like, I realize we just gave them, they took less money. We restructured their deal, but the best folks are going to be on the team. That doesn't yep. mean that you're safe. Uh, it's probably unlikely, but I don't think it's out of the picture. I think it could happen. It definitely could. I actually, they sh my my thought from the start is they they should never have restructured. Ad they should have just cut Addison. Obviously, they didn't know at the time who they were drafting the two DNs. But my thought is just cut Addison because we needed an upgrade there. Yeah. Well, you Regardless. said it. you didn't know who they were drafting, and then after you draft them, now you've got as Bruce Nolan likes to talk about reps as capital, right? So yeah. if you want to play your young guys then you got to find ways for them to play. And, and if Mario Addison's there, he's blocking it. Now it's also could be true that they're not ready to play. Let's say Gregory Russo is going to take some time to get ready. Then maybe you want to keep Addison there for a, a bubble, but man, you're going to have to let go of somebody. and It's going to hurt. I mean, if it's yeah. Effie Obata, I mean, there's going to be some really tough decisions made on that line. 
I, I think Addison's got to be the odd man out, I think. I mean, even Effie, even though they, there's a lot still unknown with him, I mean, the potential with him, but also the versatility. I mean, he can play D He can play um, defensive tackle, too. So he's I, I can't see him being one of the – and he's he's cheap. He's his his salary is is cheap so that would be that would be a weird cut to cut him yeah it's gonna hurt and maybe we look for some of those famous brandon bean trades where we get rid of those cheap parts for a late round pick or maybe they Uh, trade maybe they trade hughes and get some assets i don't know No, Mike. We're no, not no, talking, I don't. We're not talking want, about that. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I, Hughes still, still is uh, a great piece. So you're, you're, you're kind of downgrading getting rid of him, but it's not out of the question. I mean, he's got maybe one or two really good years left. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's also. I'm not calling for this, but I think it's possible. You know, pass rushers can fall off a cliff really fast yeah. and it is possible that maybe Hughes goes out there and doesn't have it this year. And, you know, then we'd wish that we got rid of him a year too early than a year too late. That could happen. I don't think it's going to, no. but I don't think I'm terribly surprised if it does happen either. Well, and though, I mean, the whole D line is going to be on a rotation. So for somebody like Hughes, he should be more effective with his, his chances. Cause he's not going to be out there. I, do you, how much was he out there last year? Do you recall like I, percentage of snaps? I haven't looked that up in a while, um, but you know that's kind of a double-edged sword as well because if you're not out there as much, you're not getting as much chance to make that impact. I mean, he's got, yeah, he got to be more more effective with the snaps you do get, but yeah. you do get fewer of them. It's like a running back. If I, you know, especially during the preseason, if I'm Zach Moss, I got to make something happen. But if I get five carries in a row and I've got five carries for four yards, yeah, it's going to get tough for me to make that impact. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, – I don't know if a DN, though, needs that repetition like a running back. You know, a running back, you, like, you know, they go five for five and they can break one out. Um, I, I could actually see where literally the whole D line, not one person being over fifty percent, because there's so much depth there right now. Yeah, you're probably right. But which might be good. I mean, if being fresh, but oh yeah, the the good thing is they have the versatility, and somebody's not doing what they need to do, they don't play. There's enough. There's enough depth there, and and opportunity for the young guys to learn without being, you know, without having to be thrown into the fire per se. Okay. Mike, this has been the longest hot seat I've done so far. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think we're almost 26 minutes. All right. Uh, you got anything else for me? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, always appreciate your support. And, and uh, I love your appearances on, uh, on the hot seat. And just a few weeks ago, you were on with Eli just it was a good listen. If you've not heard that, go back and listen to that. Uh, Mike Anderson, everybody. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Vince. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, Thank Mike. Bye. All right, Bills Mafia. Next up in the Mafia hot seat this week, we have teammate from the Built in Buffalo podcast network and host of All Day Buffalo, Eli Fox. Eli, how are you today? I'm doing good, Vince. Uh, thanks for having me on. Feeling good. I'm, I'm ready to be in the hot seat. Eli, anytime. I have 10 questions in front of me. You can have any number you like except the number eight. All right. Uh, let's go with Mitchell Trubisky, number 10. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is an interesting one. Um, you know, last year, a linebacker led the team in sacks, and I think that was sort of fluky. But this year, a more rotation heavy than I think we even were last year because of all the rookies and trying to get them some snaps. Who do you think is going to lead the team in sacks this year? Uh, 
first two guys that come to mind, I'm thinking of either Ed Oliver or Jerry Hughes. Um, I'm going to start with Jerry Hughes. I'll give you my reasoning. Um, I mean, he has one of the best pass rush, you know, and he, he's just got, got one of the best pass rushes, uh, at least on the bills that we know. Um, and he, he's always in the backfield and it's just like a matter of, is Jerry going to make that play in the backfield or is he not, but he's always there. Um, so I think that the fact that he is always around the backfield in the backfield on passing plays, um, and even on some running plays, I think that he has probably one of the best chances. Um, and then on to Ed Oliver, I think, I think he's got a great chance now that stars back. Um, I don't think star is going to be the end all be all like savior of Ed Oliver's career or the numbers that he can put up. But I think that Ed Oliver not being the one tech is going to, um, you know, prove to be very nice for him. And I think that he's going to be back into his natural role. He doesn't have to get double teamed anymore. Um, he doesn't have to, you know, fight against obviously in a double team, two bigger guys than him. He's pretty undersized. So he's going to um, be able to, you know, benefit from having that big guy back in the middle. Um, I think he could, he could be one of those guys with the, with the most sacks in the bills. Yeah. That was an odd situation for him last year. Cause he was, he's undersized for a tackle anyway. It doesn't matter if he's a one or a three, but you know, playing him at that one tech spot, you know, being undersized was, you know, that's difficult for him. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe star coming back and star looks a little bit lighter too, but you know, star can get back to anything close to what he was in that maybe even going back as far as 2017 or 18 ish. Um, that's great. Thanks for Ed Oliver. Um, with Jerry Hughes, I feel like, and we all know the stats. We've seen the stats. Like he's one of the best in the league at beating his block but I feel like he just scares the quarterback over to the other side of the field. And we've, I felt that way for a few years, you know, he'll beat his guy and then the quarterback just kind of rolls over because there's no pressure coming from the other side. And it just ends up being like a scary, you know, Ooh, and then the quarterback takes five steps to the other direction and <laughs> there's no more pressure. Uh, but if Epinenza can do anything this year, maybe that helps Jerry Hughes out a lot. Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, I, I think Epinesa is kind of going to be like he's going to have a sneaky good year, I think, um, to, to a lot of different fan bases. I think some Bills fans might expect it, but I think you might start hearing AJ Epinesa's name um, in different fan bases and different media outlets a little bit more because um, I think I think he looks good. I think he's uh, I mean, he, he's a little more slender than he, he came into the league, but I don't think that's going to, you know, you know, not, not prove to be, to be good for him. You know, I think he, he's going to be fast uh, and working with Jerry Hughes and other good pass rushers all year long is, I think is going to be good for him. Yeah. And, and last year was with COVID no preseason and my weight's up, my weight's down, whatever they wanted. You know, they're trying to mess with that during the middle of the season, as the season's going on, that feels like a lot for anybody, especially a rookie. Um, so I, and, but he was in the game, he was playing, he was getting valuable experience, getting valuable game reps, and he did start making a few more plays with his time towards the end of the year. Like you'd, you'd start hearing his name called more and more. So it gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, back to like who could lead the, the, the team in sacks. Um, I, I you know, I want to say Russo or Basham really badly, but you know, those guys are definitely going to be rotated pretty heavily. So I don't think that they're going to have the opportunity to get those big sack numbers, but I think, I think at least Basham is going to have, he's going to put up his numbers. You know, I think he's going to, he's going to get the more snaps and he's going to, um, he's going to take advantage of them because he's, he's an NFL ready prospect. So I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think the, just the defensive ends in general are going to be fun to watch this year. Uh, it's just kind of like we, we missed it last year. We didn't have a good pass rush last year and we're supposed to have one, a pretty decent one this year. So I think being able to watch a, a, a solid pass rush is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I agree. And man, if we just get a little bit better there, that could really make the difference between this team being pretty good and being great. And I'm not completely convinced that we're ready to take on Kansas city yet. And I'm, I know I don't make any friends when I say that, but uh, as objectively as possible, I don't know that we made that step, but, like you to your point, 
Boogie Basham and, and uh, Rousseau, if they are able to contribute much at all, maybe that's the difference. Um, I'm, I'm just not willing to bet on it, but I'm, I'm not completely counting it out either. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be fun. And what you're saying about Kansas city, I don't, I, I guess I kind of agree with you. I don't know if we're at this point, you know, ready to, to step in front of Kansas city. Um, but I, I'd say by season end come playoff time, uh, we're going to be back in that AFC championship game and we're going to be playing them, I think again. Um, and I think we'll be ready by then. Okay. All right, Eli, you got anything else for me? No, sir. Okay, Eli, thank you so much for taking a few minutes for me. Folks, you can catch Eli on All Day Buffalo Saturdays right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. And in case you didn't know, you can get new Bills content every single day of the week on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Eli, thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Vince. Mafia, that is all I have for you this week. Special thanks to Mike Anderson and Eli Fox from All Day Buffalo. Uh, I appreciate them taking a few minutes of your time. I will speak to you all next week. But until then, please be kind to everybody and squeeze somebody close to you. Go Bills. The information in here is worth millions, and I'm giving it to you. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then leave and take your book with you. If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode, please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cry ass. Boy, I'm sure glad that's over with. Me too. Yeah, but you know, I learned something today. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. It's over. Go home. Go.